Welcome to the Grace Church Conversations podcast, a weekly resource to help you apply Sunday to Monday. I'm Jared. And I'm Rob. And we're here with the one and only Aaron Paul. Yes. Hey guys. How Thank are you, you doing, man? Doing really well. Thanks for having me. Yeah, for sure. What's it like to, you, you are no longer like kind of just a, a, a guest. You've been on here before. I You're have. becoming semi-regular. This is my second time. Just gotta so. bump up that Metamucil and you'll be, never mind. <laughs> Yo, I'll be fully regular. <laughs> Are we allowed to make a joke like that on here? We just did. We so just there did. You go. <laughs> We're breaking new ground, guys. There you go. <laughs> Craig may or may not be proud. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna guess probably not. Probably not. Yeah, but Hopefully, good. doesn't listen to this one. So. How are you doing, man? Thank you for uh, for preaching on Sunday, and yeah. uh, you know you are a industrious man. You've got a family, you've got a job, yet you took time out of your life to prepare well. And uh, I just, you know, honestly, thank you for doing such a good yes. job of preparing thoroughly and and being caring about the way that you present scripture mm-hmm. to our church. And you just did an excellent job. So thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I just wanted to say thank you and encourage you in that way. And also say that, you know, since we're kind of in an evaluation mode in evaluating you and like, you're just kind of, you know, everyone's got kind of like their, their secret handout that we hand out at the beginning of the of, mm-hmm. of church. Mm-hmm. Like you thought it was just a bulletin, but it actually has a list of questions like, did he do this right? Right. What, what didn't you like about him? There's a whole, like, is that something rubric. that disqualifies him from eldership? Right. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Not at all. But no, seriously, thank you. Uh, and this is going to be fun to have you on. Thank so. you. Yeah. Rob, how about you? How are you I'm, doing? I'm good, man. Yeah. Uh, I, I was trying to think of something clever and funny, and I have nothing. You don't so. seem like you're in a clever mood. <laughs> I'm you just seem... not. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> Hopefully have that you, coffee kicks coffee? in, man. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You need some coffee. I need something. But I'm happy to be here. I just don't have anything. Uh, a big red will help you Quick or clever. Oh, yeah, a big red. Yeah. That's oh, good. man, so good. Yeah, I'm red, yes. Mm-hmm. This is fun. I I especially enjoy, like, I enjoy the one-on-one podcast, but it's it's especially fun when I can feel like I'm with a group of friends. This is fun. So, yeah. You know, I was I was thinking of since Aaron, you're on, Rob, you're here. It it provides a special opportunity for us to ask another semi awkward question. Okay, uh, of which I I'm keen to do. A little uh, awkward. awkward, yeah, is just great. a little bit. This actually isn't going to be that awkward. I want to ask each of you, and I'm going to start with you, Aaron. Okay. What I'm, is something you can tell us about yourself that you don't think Rob knows? Oh man. And I'm going to ask the same of you, Rob. Man, we've known each other for it's like been a long time. Over a decade. It's okay, been. so it's not even going to be fun secrets at this point. It's going to be dark secrets, <laughs> stuff that you've actually been actively hiding from one another. <laughs> yeah, we don't want to go there. <laughs> or maybe we do, but just not on the podcast. Not, <laughs> yeah, that's right. uh, <laughs> not when it's recording. No. Uh, okay, what's something funny in your childhood that you don't think the other person knows about? Okay, how about I'm that? Think about that. Funny in my childhood. Something that you think the other person will enjoy. Maybe something that you're embarrassed about that you know the other person will absolutely okay. love to know I about got, you. I got one. Because you, you know the original Nintendo, Gosh, right? Uh, okay. You know the, the original Nintendo. Of course. Yes. And one of the first games was the Duck Hunt. Uh-huh. Heck yeah. And so I loved it. I would play Duck Hunt all the time. Uh-huh. And so for some reason, when I was in like second grade, I thought it would be cool to take the Duck Hunt gun to school. <gasps> nice. But okay. I didn't want a cord hanging off of it. Uh-huh. I wanted it to look like... 
a gun and bring oh. it and like it would be cool. And so I cut Gosh, I cut the cord <laughs> off the Nintendo gun and and brought it to school nice. and like nobody thought it was cool at all. And I was sitting there at recess with like the gun just you know that little like yeah, spring noise it click. would make? Yeah, <laughs> just, you're just kind of this, this oh nerdy kid on the playground <laughs> just playing by himself. With this duck hunt gun, yes. Yeah. Obviously that's horrifying for many of us who are, you know, in terms of today. Yes. Did you get in trouble at all? I did not. No. Really? Yeah, that was back in the time when it was fine. Like you could bring real guns to school, I think, back then and it was fine. Yeah. But, no, I'm just kidding. Back in but like the early since, 1800s. Well, since we're on Nintendo. Uh-huh. Uh, I have a Nintendo console, not the, I don't have the original, but I have the console that yes. has all these games preloaded. Yep. And I'm, and just the other night we stayed up, I stayed up super late with my boys playing Super Mario Brothers. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. And I was teaching them like how, the first to, one? how to warp. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. The original. Take them to the warp zones. The, yeah. The, the warp zones. Yeah. Yeah. The whole deal. How Go to get to the, the basement. Yes. 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 Yeah. Get all the way to eight. Yep. On like four or five lives. Yeah. Did it blow their minds when they saw it? it, it their, their minds weren't blown at first. They were mocking the game. But then <laughs> when they saw that there was real skill to this game, yeah. they were like, okay. Yeah. And I said, I mean, this game, this game is, is harder it's than hard. your games. Yeah. Yes. And they didn't believe me, but then they started playing and they're like, oh yeah, dad, this, is, this is really hard. So yeah. now, they're play, now they're playing it and I'm, I'm trying to teach them how to win the game. Oh, okay. that's good. Yeah. Awesome. So that's, that's I guess awesome. it's kind of embarrassing. You're such a good dad. That's not embarrassing. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, that's well, cool. Yeah, you have to try harder at finding something <laughs> embarrassing. It's not going to be that easy that with us. Yeah, I need to. I need some some ramp up on that one, but I have plenty. I, to, I can uh, tell you guys share. a really. Uh, this is embarrassing, but in like a very real embarrassing way. Uh, speaking of Nintendo, so when I was little, uh, I, I loved playing the original Nintendo. I played Super Mario Brothers. I played. Uh, Metroid, like so mm -hmm. many good games. And yeah, uh, and there's a picture of me, at, I think I was only like five. And I was at my grandparents' house and I was sitting in front of the TV and like, I don't know if I was spending the night and I'd just gotten out of the shower or something, but I was sitting like just naked on the floor in front of the TV playing Mario. <laughs> and so they took a picture from behind of like me and like you see like my butt crack and stuff. And yeah. like, I don't know, as parents, maybe they thought that was cute That's or cute. something. Like, oh, this is a cute family picture. <laughs> okay, but this is where it gets embarrassing. So you do the same thing now. <laughs> we, we weren't already at embarrassing. So no, I, I tell Sarah not to tell anyone about that. Right. Um, <laughs> I don't want any restrictions when I'm playing. That's right. I need to feel total freedom. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, okay, so this was ninth grade. <laughs> and in our literature class, I don't know what, I think we were supposed to like, this is part of like us coming together and getting to know each other, but we were supposed to bring like a cool picture of ourselves to class and like put it up on the, on the board and like share it together and just kind of uh, like something that you love doing as a kid or so I can't remember what the category was, but other people were like, uh, this is me and my family, or mm -hmm. this is me on a trip, or this is me hiking, or this was me and I went hunting and I, here's a, a deer that I got or whatever. I thought it would be awesome to bring that picture of me playing Mario. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so amidst all of these like really great family photos, beautiful memories, there's my naked butt. So awesome. Yeah. It was, uh, I don't, I don't know, know how we got here. But I don't know Nintendo. what possessed me. And I do have something embarrassing now, but I, but, uh, 
No, you can't uh, is say it. it. I will use self-control and not and not share it if you we have to move share on. it. Is it no, no, no? Is it because we crossed the line into like no, my story? No, no <laughs> that's no. my job as a host is to really free you guys that's up right. to to speak and to be truthful. I just remembered something that was embarrassing, but it wasn't from my childhood. It was from my from my college years. Are you allowed to share it? Here? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, go ahead. So, I mean, so I was great. In, <laughs> <laughs> so I was like playing Nintendo. I just remember. And my roommate playing just took Nintendo this picture and, of me. No, is, so no. is this an embarrassing story that Aaron doesn't know about? I don't, no, he doesn't know about yeah. it. I don't oh, this think is so. great. This it, is we've perfect. We've known for okay. a long time, so maybe, but I don't think so. Okay, so, go ahead. This is good. Um, so I, I had speech class, like a lot of college students have speech, like your first mm-hmm. year of college. And I was so nervous about giving a speech and it was so nerve wracking. I still get nervous in front of people. Um, And uh, anyway, so I I was just so nervous. And I remember the very first speech uh, that we had to do. And this was this was at a community college. It was it was a summer course because I heard that was the easiest way to take speech class because you just knock them out. And so uh, the first assignment, the professor gave, he said, you could pick, uh, you know, do a speech on somebody who's influenced you the most in your life or a celebrity, just mm. somebody that's, that's interesting to you. Yeah. And so I said, okay, I'm going to pick, I'm going to pick a celebrity because I'm going to pick somebody that is just all the attention is going to get off of me and on this, on this person. And so I did my work. I, I, I did all the research. I was ready for my speech. And then when they, uh, started to give the speeches that day, uh, one person after the other shared about the person who most <gasps> influenced their life. Oh. And it was like a youth pastor or my dad or my grandpa or my grandmother. Or some, <laughs> it was these really heartfelt, endearing <laughs> examples. <laughs> and then when it was my turn, I got up and gave a speech about Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger. I showed a little clip from Pumping Iron. Oh my goodness. That's good. I was like so, <laughs> this is, is not the most, you know, this person influenced my life the most. It was just an interesting person. Hey, anyway, I was embarrassed. But It's good to know that Arnold has really influenced you. Right? He made you such an impact on my you life wouldn't even be that here I gave a speech him, about right? him. You right. would have gone a completely different That's exactly direction. Right. That's right. Wow. He knows how to handle kindergartners. That's right. That's Yes. Anyways, well, that was a good little introduction. Thank you for that, guys. Thank you for opening up and sharing of yourselves. Mm -hmm. Wow. Just the honesty here is great. Uh, Well, anyways, uh, let's get into some questions from the sermon. Again, uh, Aaron, thank you for sharing on Sunday. That was really helpful. And uh, just as a reminder to you guys, feel free to text in your sermon-related questions to 469-573-2920. And this is where we answer those questions. Here we go. Here's the first one. Let's talk about this. Thank you for the good word on Psalm 137. Years ago, I heard a message that pointed to this passage to say that God's will for marriage is to have many, many children. It was discouraging to me and made me question if I was living outside of God's will as a married woman who didn't have a desire for or feel equipped to care for a big family. What do you say about that? Oh, yeah, I think it's a great question. First of all, I would say for anybody listening who didn't hear the message, I think it was just a, a typo there. Uh, Psalm 127 was the Whoops. the passage. That's okay. It's, uh, it happens to me all the time when I'm texting, actually, way worse. So. <laughs> Um, but I, I think this question is understandable and I anticipated it. This was kind of what I was saying with, you could do a whole message on, on children. Um, I didn't, I chose to kind of go the route I went, but, uh, 
Yeah, I mean, it's understandable. And I think there'd be two things I'd say. First of all, we have to understand before I answer the question. I'd say, mm. first of all, um, I think any form of birth control that's abortive, uh, you know, that takes the life of a baby, no matter how old it is, is wrong. And then mm-hmm. I think it's important for us to understand that children are a gift from the Lord. Yeah. They're good. They're a good thing. And so to answer the question, I would look at uh, things that are good things. I mean, we see Proverbs eighteen twenty two: a wife is a good thing. Mm. But then we see Paul in 1 Corinthians 7, 8 says, that it's good for a man if he's pursuing the Lord and for the Lord's purposes to remain single. And so how do we, how do we reconcile those two Mm. things? There's a good thing, a good gift from the Lord, but yet it's okay to be single and to pursue singleness. And I think, Mm -hmm. I think it's okay for kingdom purposes to set aside what are good gifts from the Lord to pursue kingdom purposes. And so in, in this uh, situation, I think you could say, Hey, we're going to, yes, children are a good gift from the Lord, but we're going to, we're going to limit the amount of children so we can pursue kingdom purposes. So like for our family, for example, we have four kids, Bethany and I feel like we could handle more kids, but we've chosen to, to limit it at four because we feel like it's a manageable amount for us and mm. for our situation. Mm-hmm. And we are pursuing, uh, though it's been a long process, we're pursuing adoption and foster care to be able to love kids that are out there that don't mm-hmm. don't have uh, those families. I think an example that I've heard is uh, like an agricultural e- example. So God's called us to have dominion over the earth. And then there's this, this farmer that was asked in Africa about, well, how, how do you decide how much land you, know, you, you harvest? How do you decide how much land to have? And mm-hmm. he said, as much as we can manage. And it totally makes sense to me. And I don't think about that in the context of family, but man, that totally makes mm-hmm. sense. God did call us to have yeah. dominion over the earth, but not, he didn't call Aaron Paul to have dominion over the whole earth, although that's, would be awesome. And I'm pursuing that. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> world domination. No, wow. I'm just, uh, I you think, are ambitious. I think we're called to, to, to manage <laughs> what we can manage. And yeah. the Lord's given us different size quivers. Not everybody has the same size, mm-hmm. you know, quiver in that analogy from uh, Psalms. Yeah, yeah. I, I think uh, when I go back to Michelle and I, when we were first talking about how many kids we wanted, I think I said something like, uh, I think she agreed, like, let's have like eight. And uh, and we kind of had this idea until we had one. <laughs> things, <laughs> things changed after we had one. Uh, so yeah, I think, yeah, it's a, it's an it's an expression of faith uh, to plan and to and to think. Uh, to think and trust the Lord uh, with with ha- how many kids should we have mm-hmm. as a couple, and and to pray about that, and to to not lock into this idea that we're supposed to have uh, an unlimited amount of kids, mm-hmm. because I think even those who who sign on to what essentially is a kind of the quiverful that's a movement, that's a teaching. It's it's not rooted in complementarianism. It's rooted in in patriarch patriarchism, and. Um, and essentially that, that teaching is saying that any kind of birth control or contraceptive is wrong mm. and can be an expression of a lack of faith in God. Um, but even in that movement, there's a line. Everybody has to come to that line at some point. Um, I guess, the, I guess the, the most uh, uh, strongest adherents would say, oh no, uh, there is no line ever. But I think, I think if they're honest, they, they would have to, to express that there is a, at some point a line where there's, yeah. there's wisdom that's guiding that and, uh, and faith that's, that's guiding that. Um, but in, in, that, in that quiverful movement, which I, I, I experienced some of that when I was in, 
uh, really when I was going through seminary, I was a part of a church and there was a guy there that was a real strong leader that was, wasn't a pastor, but one of the leaders there was kind of pushing that and it kind of sounded right. You How know? many kids did he have? A lot. He had a lot of kids and they were great, great, great family. And so that was, that was part of it. You yeah. know, it's, that's part of the attraction is man's fantastic guy, great family. And so, uh, I guess this is the way it's supposed to be, but when, you right. know, you do a little bit of digging and that's actually a teaching that says, um, this is how to measure godliness for, for not mm. just, not maybe not for this guy, but, but in that movement, in that teaching, this is how you measure godliness is, is having, like you said, Aaron and managing mm. a mm. large family and then all that that entails. So it's not just having a large family. It, it often in that movement it implies that mom only works in the home. All the kids are homeschooled. Mm. Uh, and then those kids are in turn, uh, encouraged to also have large families. So it's just kind of this this movement that uh, everybody's supposed to do this. Now what's, hmm. what's right about that is that God is sovereign. Uh, life is a miracle so that they, they believe that and teach that life is a miracle. That's what that Aaron Aaron hit on that on Sunday. Yeah. Uh, we don't cause it. Uh, God ultimately is the causer of life and so we should celebrate that. Children are a blessing, so be fruitful and multiply and we should trust God. That's that's a good the good that comes out of that. The uh, the bad that comes out of it, what's wrong about that is faith in God only looks like this. It yeah. only looks like this kind of narrow practice, yeah. which is the essence of legalism. Anytime right. you take one right. practice mm-hmm. and you say, this is what faith looks like. Yeah. And there's no other, no other options. Faith yeah. can't look like any of these other options, like a smaller family or, mm-hmm. um, a different education choice or, yeah. or, or, or not marry, not marrying at all yeah. in the case of the apostle Paul or Jesus, mm. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. faith can't look like that. Well, then that's the definition of legalism. And that's when you mm. get into, uh, a scary, a scary place. It's wrong. You know, it's just wrong. Yeah. That's good. I do. I would say something too, just on that. Like there's a, there's a aspect of that, that you were saying that there's like faith is when we just let things happen naturally. So like in family planning, you just let things happen naturally and trust the Lord. But like in almost no other areas of life, do we do that? Like farming, you don't just let it naturally, like just let the field naturally grow. Like you, (laughs) you plant crops and you cultivate our hair. Like I don't just let my hair naturally grow. Rob, you might do that. No, you don't. I know that you shave your head. No, I, I, do some plan, I do some planning right, on some this. Planning. Uh, and mine's starting <laughs> it doesn't to, look like it. But. Mine's naturally starting to go away. And I don't know about you guys, but like ear hair, I've got ear hair and I don't let that naturally just happen. Uh, uh-uh. I don't know what you're talking about. Stuff. I have yeah. no idea what you're, <laughs> what you're referencing. You're a lucky man then. Yeah. Uh, it's, like, it's not my ears, man. It's, it's my nose. Yeah. <laughs> and this, this isn't, this is like some people have this view that like, if we let it naturally happen, that's what God's best is, is naturally happen. And I can guarantee yeah. you God's best for me is not my ear hair sticking out everywhere. It's for everybody <laughs> to see. That's right. Uh, and what he's, he's called us to, uh, to the let it happen naturally crowd. Um, you know, I think what's wrong about that is it's not consistent with, you know, the rest of the Christian life. Sure. Uh, again, yeah. my, my body naturally was dead in sin. My yeah. flesh naturally wants to go back to the old life of mm-hmm. death. My ear hair naturally wants to grow. <laughs> um, but God is ultimately the one who gives uh, the growth. He's the one that gives, like in that analogy in Psalm 127, in that teaching, God's ultimately the one in charge. And we have yeah. to be reminded, like, no, we, we work, but then we, we trust him with that work. Yeah, yeah. that's really good. that's good. And I think it's important, kind of these categories that you guys are laying out of, you know, 
Um, let's avoid legalism, but let's look at these different categories of, you know, wisdom, trusting God, uh, trusting that God is the one he's, he's the ultimate mm-hmm. primary mover in my life. He's the one who's primarily doing, uh, these different things. Uh, but, but seeing how our faith can inform things, I, th- I think it, Rob, you're right. I mean, especially in terms of the movement you mentioned, it, it can easily get into these legalistic places, probably because it's a topic that's just very sensitive for a lot of people, mm-hmm. very personal. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very intimate. It's very intermingled with their their personal choices in their, their home and their family. And so uh, it can sure. feel like, you know, I've come to a place of believing that this is right for us. Uh, and I cannot believe that God would lead someone else a different way, you know, so it can easily lead to legalism. Um, mm-hmm. But I think it's helpful looking at these categories that are biblical, because I think the temptation is to allow our culture to give us other categories to, to think through this categories of convenience categories of, uh, what's, what's, uh, what's going to make me happy Mm -hmm. categories, uh, like those, Mm -hmm. uh, where ultimately the, the ultimate biblical category is how can I use my life? How can I steward my life, my family, my household, our budget, our money, our wealth, everything that God has given us, how can I use that to build the kingdom of God? How can I use all of that uh, for the glory of the Lord? And so, um, you know, I, I just think it's really helpful to point that you guys have pointed us in that direction because, uh, you know, it's, it's good to be thinking through this issue in terms of, you know, if I limit the number of children I have, it's for the glory of God. Hmm. If, if I feel like I need to have more children, it's Mm -hmm. for the glory of God. Uh, so that's, that's a really good place for us to, to land there. And then well, in a great verse, I don't mean to cut you off, but a great verse oh, no, on that ahead. is Romans fourteen twenty three, which says, whatever does not proceed from faith is sin. Hmm. So that's a great, go- I mean, that's talking about dietary. That's a very, a very specific, narrow practice that Paul is addressing right there in Romans 14. Right. But it was a, it was a huge issue at that time. It was a live issue. And, there, and the question was, what's the best practice? And Paul's saying, uh, the practice that proceeds from faith is the best practice. Yeah. Uh, and so that that could mean stepping out in faith and trusting God, and and pursuing more kids. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, that that very well could be yeah. what the Lord is calling you to do because that's that was that's what faith yeah. uh, looks like. That's what the the Lord is leading you to do. Um, or it could be some other some other yeah. uh, choice, you know. Yeah, and yeah. I, I think that that's the important part of this is just saying like within Christian freedom, it's important that we we allow space for for those kind of uh, decisions to be made for different people, different yeah. families, and I think that's good. Okay. Um, Aaron, you you touched on the end of just this ultimate <clears throat> place of landing and trusting God, and I think that was a, obviously that's a huge theme of Psalm one twenty seven mm-hmm. uh, that you're talking about. Ultimately, like children are a gift from the Lord; He's the one who's in charge of that. And no matter how much we want to control that process, ultimately we're not the ones creating children. It's it's the Lord making that happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was just one aspect of that Psalm. But one one area that I think you touched on uh, that I thought would be helpful for us to just talk about is the aspect, especially in terms of fathers and men, uh, since it was Father's Day. What does it look like? Let's talk about this balance between trusting God. We we fully trust God, but we are also at the same time called to work hard, mm. to provide, to uh, give our lives to our family, to to die to ourselves, to raise children, to do these different things <clears throat> in our life that we're called to, but ultimately in a way of trusting that that God is the one who's going to provide all of that, and He's going to be the one who's who's active in all of that. Mm. And I think one of the key areas 
that I think this is um, this is especially difficult is in terms of career and money and mm-hmm. and, and things mm-hmm. like that because. Yeah. Especially in our culture, uh, you know, people are strapped for cash. People are in debt. People are, you know, they struggle with money. Or even if they're not in loads of debt, there's a temptation to go into debt to have the kind of life that they feel like they're supposed to have. Um, sure. and, and so I, I feel like there's just this kind of pressure to say, like, okay, I got to go out and make this happen. I got to go out and, and earn this lifestyle. Um, and, and I feel like a lot of that is is kind of an outcome of not trusting God in, in the places mm-hmm. he's put you, whether it's a career that he's called you to, uh, of, you know, if you sense that it's not time to move on from a career that maybe you're unhappy with, you're not making as much money as you want. Like these are the, just the different aspects mm-hmm. of this, this tension that we can sometimes feel. So would you guys, uh, let's just talk about that for a little bit, that balance between yeah. trusting God and being hard workers and, and, uh, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, <clears throat> I love this question again. This is, some of what I talked about on Sunday, but I would love to, mm-hmm. again, you can do a whole message on this, but I love it because it shows like, even you were just saying, Jared, in that first, uh, first question, there's this tension. Like we feel a tension. I think the Bible, yeah. I, I think it's good. I think the Bible's filled with examples and I think God wants us to see this tension. There's, there's tension all over the Bible in all kinds of different areas. And this mm-hmm. one has been there from the beginning of who, who's actually working, who's actually mm-hmm. responsible, who's ultimately uh, in charge, what does trust in God look like mm-hmm. uh, in my work? And so, first of all, I just think all over the Bible we see examples of people trusting God. Um, we see Abraham trusting God, Moses trusting God, Jesus mm-hmm. trusting God, Peter trusting God. Um, and w- what do they all have in common? I mean, they all acted on that trust. Abraham, right, moved. Mm-hmm. Moses spoke to Pharaoh. Jesus came to earth and died for the joy set before him. Peter walked out on the water. And I think like James says, faith without works Mm -hmm. is dead. And so one of the ways that we show our trust in God is by our work. We don't Mm -hmm. show our trust in God by our not work. I don't know if that's a word I'm using it. (laughs) We we show our trust in God. Some people think that we show trust in God by not work, Mm -hmm. but really the biblical narrative all over scripture shows us the way you show trust in God is by work. Like Mm. you trust God, show it by the way that you live. And I think you have people that are saying, oh, we show trust in God by not work. You have scriptures like 1 Timothy 5.8 that says, if anyone does not provide for his own, and especially for those of his household, uh, he's denied his faith and he's Mm. worse than an unbeliever. Mm. So we're definitely not called to not work. Right. I mentioned in the message, mm-hmm. Philippians 2, 12 and 13, that's a passage, a great text that talks about God as the one who works mm-hmm. both to will and to work for his good pleasure. I'm going to read, hold on, grab a Bible. Uh, I want to read from 1 Corinthians <clears throat> 3, 6 and 7. Uh, Paul says, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So neither mm-hmm. he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives mm-hmm. the growth. Yeah. I mean, his conclusion, God is everything. Paul and Apollos are, are nothing. So I would answer by saying, um, we work hard as Christians. I think we should be mm-hmm. the hardest working employees. I think our bosses should not ever want us to leave. It should never want to lose yeah. us, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> at the company. Uh, we work hard. We should be invested in the interests of the company. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think we also, we do a heart check. When our work is successful, we remind ourselves of 1 Corinthians 3, 7, that God's the one that gave the growth. I'm just an instrument in his hands. Um, I think like Tony Horton says, you you do your best 
and forget the rest. Oh, man, that's biblical. That's biblical. Do <laughs> your did, best. He didn't know. It. He may not know it is, he didn't but, know it. It, but it is. Uh, <laughs> um, and I've heard it said that we should work as hard. I mean, I've heard it in cute phrases, but I think basically right. work as hard as it all depended on you. So work as hard as if it all depended on you, but then sleep as well as it, nothing depends on you. It all depends on the mm-hmm. Lord. And I mm-hmm. think that's, you know, I know that doesn't really answer the specifics that you were asking. I can't specifically speak to everybody's job situation in everybody's life. But I think if you generally go with that practice, work hard in every situation that I'm mm-hmm. in, but then ultimately trust the, that it doesn't depend on me, that the Lord's the one that gives the growth. Um, I think that's that would that's, be my general practice. So. That's really good. I think it was Jerry Bridges that said, in contrast to the the idea of kind of let go and let God, which I don't know who phrased that or, or how that got popular, but it, mm-hmm. it did. Uh, and there is actually a whole stream of folks who teach sort of an extreme passivity to faith mm-hmm. that, that mm. really does try to really let go and completely let God, we can go into that. Um, Jerry Bridges uh, encountered that and tried to live live that out in his wow. own life. And uh, he, he's, he says it almost made a, a wreck of his faith trying wow. to... Trying to trying to do this extreme passive form yeah. of faith. Wow. Uh, and to that, he, he contrasts that with uh, trust God mm-hmm. and get going. So mm-hmm. he kind of said, uh, instead of just this, this, uh, this sort of sit back uh, and just kind of let things happen, trust God and take mm-hmm. action. Exactly what you're talking about, Aaron, just uh, faith without works is dead. So, Absolutely. Uh, and sometimes it doesn't look like anything's happening, but you're tr- as you're trusting God, faith in its nature is active. Mm. Absolutely. Um, now there is a receiving element. There mm-hmm. is that spirit at work in us. We're receiving the spirit's empowering help yeah. to do it. So there is that receiving nature, but you just don't stay there and just mm-hmm. wait, wait for the spirit to kind of, uh, you know, give me something, and then yeah. you know, it's that's yeah, not how it's right. going to work. Yeah. Uh, God, give me the strength. Uh, to do this. And yes. then I got to get into it. I yeah. got to go. So for, for instance, I can remember, Aaron, I remember when you were preaching on Sunday, you were talking about, you went hundred percent commission. Mm-hmm. I can remember being in the, uh, the truck with you. I don't know where we were going. We were driving somewhere and you were telling me about, you are probably, I don't know, six months into your job and you knew this was coming, but it was the day where you said, uh, next week, my mm-hmm. boss informed me kind of the, the grace period is over yeah. and I'm, I'm going a hundred percent commission. And I had bird a, is getting kicked out of the nest. Yes. And I had a sales job where it wasn't hundred percent commission. It was maybe 60% mm-hmm. commission. Uh, and it was so that 60% was so stressful in my life. And I remember thinking, wow, hundred percent commission. And I, I just remember thinking that's going to take a lot of faith and a lot of work, mm-hmm. a lot of faith. And a lot of work, and I just remember thinking, how would I, how would I, how would I do that? Mm-hmm. You know. So, take us back to those early days. Like, sure, what, yeah. what happened? There? I mean, I think this is this practice was in play because if I had said, well, I'm just gonna, Jesus, take the wheel. I'm just gonna sit back and let you provide uh-huh. all uh-huh. the sales. My uh, my family would not eat, and I'm sure I wouldn't be working for the company I, <laughs> I work for uh, right now. So, uh, I mean, yeah, I think what I did was I, I trusted I trusted the Lord. I spent a lot of time in prayer. That's one thing I think people don't don't factor in when you're saying let let the Lord work in, in situations of waiting in Scripture. Mm-hmm. They're still praying. They're still yeah, asking, right. and that's still right. work. Like you're even waiting if you're in a situation, active, right. yeah, where you're waiting right. for like pregnancy. Like you can only 
do so much to try to get right. pregnant. And, but there's a lot of prayer time that you can have and a yeah. lot of growth that the Lord works in us. You know, I've heard those analogies of like pushing against the brick wall and like, well, it never moves, you know, but then God was trying to strengthen me. And I, I think there are all those type of situations mm-hmm. where the Lord is working and all, his main focus is our hearts and our character, not mm-hmm. the end work. So what I did, I think in that, in, in my job was I just said, you know, Lord, I'm going to trust you in the times oh, that I was no. anxious. Uh, Cause there were definitely, there still are, uh, <laughs> there's times all the time that I'm anxious. And so I just, I have to be reminded of scripture like, uh, like Psalm 127 scriptures where, where God has reminded me. I think the, the, one of my favorites is that first Corinthians three one, because it reminds me, yeah, yeah. Paul and Apollos worked super hard. I don't know if there's anybody that worked probably harder than Paul in the life of the church, right? Like yeah. I, I, I think Paul worked. said that. I think it's, yeah. he says yeah. there's a part where he says, I worked harder than them than all. all. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, and that's scripture. So Paul yeah. worked the hardest yeah. of everybody. Yes. <laughs> but like, he still says, he doesn't even say I'm something, but God is the most. Right. He doesn't say I'm, I'm second. I'm number two. Like he's like, I'm number 567,000. Like mm-hmm. God is everything. I'm, I'm nothing. And so I think yeah. mm-hmm. I took that approach too. that. Like, I'm going to work hard, mm-hmm. try to work harder than them all be faithful to the Lord and what I'm working, but recognize God's everything. And so I think always trying to ask the Lord, what are you trying to teach me in this? Are you trying to call me somewhere else? Are you trying to uh, call me deeper into this work? And mm-hmm. so I'm, I, I try to keep an open, an open mind while at the same time, just working hard as unto the Lord. So I don't yeah. know if that answered your question. But no, it's, it's great. It's really yeah. good too. Yeah. And, and I like that you brought up Paul because one of my favorite uh, kind of I think, um, examples of what we're talking about here is found, you know, Paul says it in Colossians 1, 28 and 29. He says, him, we proclaim speaking of Christ, him, we proclaim warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may, uh, present everyone mature in Christ for this. I toil struggling with all of his energy that he powerfully works Mm. within me. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I just love the way that's phrased of like, we're going to work really hard with all of God's energy right. and he's the one who's ultimately, uh, it's his ability. It's his power. It's his working in us that we're ultimately trusting in when we go to work, when we work hard, both in our jobs or even in, you know, discipleship relationships, people we're pursuing for the Lord, or even in our own families, mm-hmm. uh, discipling our, our families and, um, serving of the church, those different, uh, aspects of working and, and serving. Um, so that's really helpful, guys. Well, thank you for opening that up. And um, I think I think that's going to be helpful for our listeners. Uh, I wanted to end with a really, really important question for you guys. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. And I didn't I didn't tell you that we were going to ask this. So this might be you might need a minute to maybe search scripture and stuff. But I need to ask you this. I want to hear from both of you. What is your least favorite Star Wars movie? Mm-hmm. And what is your number one Star Wars movie? Hmm. So that I don't is. know how much time you guys need for that. That's going to take a long time. Well, I mean, I won't need that long to tell you which, at least which uh, set of three was my <laughs> least favorite. I'm sure we can all agree. Uh, of the three, which one is the worst? Yeah, of the three, which one is the worst? Yes. Uh, was Jar Jar in all three of those? Yes. Uh, unfortunately. Uh, yes. Anything with Jar Jar. <laughs> 
<laughs> that's bad. Dude, uh, you better be careful, though. We've heard from people who <laughs> love uh, Jar Jar. Yeah. We, we have some Jar Jar lovers out there listening. Yeah. They're listening now. It's one thing for Rob to say something, but yeah. you, Mr. <laughs> you under evaluation yeah. and be stuff. You it know. was probably... Uh, <laughs> tread, <laughs> tread lightly. Tread lightly on this topic. <laughs> I think it was probably the second of that set of three because that Attack was the, the one... Clones. That was the one where we had like Yoda doing all these crazy flips and, and that like whole like lightsaber yeah. battle. Yeah, yeah, with Dooku, uh, uh, Count yeah. Dooku. I was kind of yeah. into I was kind of into like that it? though. I, uh, I kind of like that. I thought that was awesome. Yeah. I like that. I mean, that part was okay, but I remember that movie of thinking like this was the best part and it was like five minutes of the movie and the rest really? was like... Uh, yeah. I, see, okay, I'll be honest with you. Of the three, I want to say Attack of the Clones is my favorite and okay. here's why. I feel like despite whiny Anakin mm-hmm. and, uh, or whiny mannequin, I hate the rather. sand. Uh, it gets everywhere. <laughs> yeah. It's like, wow, you really feel passionate about that. There's uh, no chemistry like, there. I know exactly. That's the right. one moment of personality worst. from him is when he acts like he was hurt after surfing on the big, like brain animals that mm-hmm. were dancing around in the planes. Was like, and she's like, Oh my gosh, Annie, what's wrong? And he rolls over and he's like, ha ha, got you. They cannot you sell that. Lo- they cannot oh sell that, that, that they like each other. Uh, it, was, like, it was rough. Anyways. No, it, Despite all of that, I feel like intertwined and running through this movie is this mysterious, yeah, this mystery that Obi-Wan is is investigating. Where is this missing planet? Where is this dart from? Mm-hmm. Who are these cloners and what, who put in this order for these cl- I just thought that was, that was good. And I love the whole Kamino thing. I love him and like what was going on between him and Django. And I mm-hmm. just, it was, okay. I like that. I enjoyed that. But, mm-hmm. you know, obviously, Aaron, you don't you don't share that. No, that's OK. I mean, again, they're all pretty close to the same yeah. grade, I think. I mean, <laughs> so. Well, that's the only reason why I say I feel like number two has something that the other two don't. So you feel like oh, maybe that's number my opinion. one. What was that? Do you, think you feel like number one in that set then? or do you In the set of three? Yeah. Uh, in the set of the three worst Star Wars movies, yeah, yeah two is the best of the worst. Okay. So best I don't know if that's a winning place or if that's like <laughs> ultimate loser. Like, if you're not first, you're last. I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to go with the worst. Yeah, go ahead. Is um, Revenge of the Sith. Really? Now Over, here's why. Here's okay, why. It was okay. such a good film until Anakin... Darth's out. Oh, I know. And then it loses me a little bit. Like, yeah, this is it. This is this is the moment. And and he didn't. He so didn't, unconvincing. He didn't sell it. Sell no. it for me. Everything. It was like he had all the pieces around him that was going to be so good, but he didn't sell that. And then after he becomes Darth Vader, then the whole scene where he's like, uh, you know, you killed her, and he just kind of. He just kind of screams out, no. Oh, yeah. That's the worst. Yeah. <laughs> that's not Darth Vader. Darth no. Vader doesn't do that. No, he doesn't. So that's the worst. Yeah. Uh, I, I yeah. kind of agree with that. I uh, That was so inconvincing, his transition, his full like commitment to the dark mm-hmm. side. Like when he's like, what have I done? And then he falls down and is like, just didn't he seem almost all looks the way like there. trancy. Like when he's like, I commit myself <laughs> to your teachings. <laughs> When he says that to, to Sidious, I'm just like, dude, you are like, if I was Sidious, I'd be like, dude, are you're, you sure? You're yeah. a disappointment both That's to the right. Jedi and to me. Like, <laughs> like I, you just go get out of here. Go hang out with He's Jar just Jar. Good. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> yeah. I, I do say that around the that's house. That's so when good. They say, Dad, I brought in the trash. No, no, no. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> that's when. I, so out of that, that whole little speech section that me and Sarah do, we'll be like, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> like when he does that, it's no. like, no. like you're not even no. talking like the emperor ever spoke. That's Why are you right. like? I don't know. It's just. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Uh, my my favorite is uh, Return of the Jedi. Really, that's, that's the best. Really? Not because of the Ewoks, obviously. Dude, for, for we already learned reasons. the lessons of the Ewoks. Don't even talk about them. But you're gonna uh, get in trouble because again. I was there. <laughs> I went to the theater with my parents. Mm. I sat next to my mom. I thought and dad. you were saying I was there at the Battle of Endor. <laughs> <laughs> I was there when was the Empire fell. I was really one of the Ewoks. <laughs> <laughs> I was one of the Ewoks. <laughs> it was so cool. No. Uh, I just had these awesome memories from the 80s of being in the theater yeah, with my parents that's cool. and mm-hmm. watching that go down mm-hmm. where the emperor's trying to get him to take the lightsaber mm-hmm. and then taking the, the helmet off of Darth Vader, the whole mm-hmm. thing, which is, mm-hmm. it was so cool. Uh, I was so into it as a kid. That's and awesome. In the theater in that's 1983 good. watching wow. that show. Wow, you're so old. Kid, wow. I know. Yeah, I know. Bro. Just kidding. I know. You <laughs> guys right. don't even know, man. <laughs> Aaron, you're number one? Young millennials. My number one. I'm not that young. Oh, uh, see, I would say probably something similar to what Rob is saying, like probably one of the more recent, uh, one of the two, because we've seen it in the movie theater as a family. And I never, Rob, I wasn't old enough to see I know. any of the other ones in Did theater. Did you see the special edition ones in the theater, though? No. Really? Yeah. Oh, no, see, I see, remember seeing I'm more like Craig when it comes to Star Wars. Like, I'm kind of like, I've seen them and I like them. But, but you're not going to go out of your way to keep yeah, rewatching them yeah. and stuff? Well, we rewatch them with the kids. Sure, yeah. Because they hadn't seen them before. Yeah, but other that's than fair. that, no. Well, I'm probably bigger on like Lego Movie 2 or yeah. something. So, but for you, kind of, well, for both of you, really, it's the experience of going <laughs> to the theater and getting to, to see it with your yeah, family. Yeah, I think that's probably one. So That's uh, cool. Which yeah. of the, okay, so which of the brand new Probably the, the the most recent, like what was really? the... Last Jedi? Yeah, The Last Jedi. That's cool. Uh, except, yeah, well, whatever. The whole, uh, yeah, there were some parts of it that I'm like, what? The whole Princess Leia, Mother uh, Mary float, moment? Floats Is that what they call space? it? Yeah, no, like the, the Mary Poppins moment. Yeah, yeah the Mary Poppins. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Space. That's space, so, yeah, yeah, space sure. floating. Yeah, that was... Uh, yeah, I, I liked it too. I think for me, my number one is if we're going pure, like pure actual Star Wars movie movie, it would probably be either Empire or Return for sure. Mm-hmm. Either Empire or Jedi. But yep. of all the Star Wars movies done, it's it's a close tie between Empire and Rogue One. Mm. Rogue One was just so good. So good. I really yep. enjoyed it. Really good. And of all the newer Star Wars movies, I mean, I just, I thought that one was excellent, so... In the future, we need to we need to maybe discuss the uh, what's going to happen with the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Oh yeah, we now should. Now that everything has come mm. to a close, I yes. think we're all well, kind of all. Uh, yeah, they're going to have another Spider Man. Yeah, they're yeah, going to rebuild it. They yeah. got to do something. They're going to rebuild yeah. this yeah. whole thing. Yeah, or for DC sure. will just take over, I guess. Yeah. Well, now. it's interesting. I'm yeah. I'm curious more because I, I don't know. I I liked this the Spider Man character. Mm-hmm. I, I am so like I don't. It was it was just so amazing seeing the the Tobey Maguire yes. Spider Man in theater mm. yes. and everyone just like tell my boys that everyone too. poops on those the movies. Sam Raimi yeah. movies yeah they yeah, always say so like good. those are the worst now to be fair one and two were really good the third one third one was yep. um, a too mess. many villains yeah too many a classic mistake yeah exactly you, you classic superhero too many film mistake you don't do them well yep. that's what went wrong with the uh, Batman movies yeah yep. now speaking of Batman just real quick. 
Because this is a debate that's current right now. What's your guys's? I'm not the host, but uh, maybe we can answer this. What's your favorite Batman like character? What, like what do you your mean? favorite actor as Batman? Oh, oh, oh uh, that's Adam West for sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. Um, what's your what's your Jerry? You like Man, his outfits? It's right? it's tough because like I love. Michael Keaton. He's, yeah. I think he's, he's great. He's, he's a funny guy. I feel like he has the style of Bruce Wayne, mm-hmm. uh, down, but in more of like a comedic way. Uh, but yeah, Dark Knight, I feel it's like that's the apex of Christian Bale. Bale. Yeah. yeah. I, I just really honestly, and it, it wasn't even just Christian Bale, but, um, yeah, the Joker was just so, so good. Yep. So good. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. Which people. obviously yeah. is, anyways. I don't know. I mean, for me, uh, if you said live actor, I'd probably, I'd probably say that situation with Christian Bale. But I would say overall, probably Lego Movie, uh, <laughs> the Lego Movie Batman. The Lego Movie, like, oh, yeah. like everything, everything. <laughs> Dude, you're like yeah. a, totally. a Lego Movie He's a apologist. Lego movie <laughs> you talked about it on Sunday. Yeah, we're laughing. Sorry, you talked about it already, it like right, a few totally, minutes ago, totally. and now you're doing it again. That's good. Yeah. Cool. Well. uh just want to get a recap. You guys both are teaching classes here on mm-hmm. Wednesday nights for the summer, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. How's it going? Aaron, how's yours going? I'm teaching preschool. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> which oh, which one? Is... I'm watching Lego Movie too. No, I'm just kidding. Oh my gosh. Um, what class are you teaching So again? it's uh, making the most of your life. Yeah. Uh, which we uh, we just call the productivity class. Um, so it, it went really well. It's It's been a good, I mean, I feel, I even told the class at the beginning, I feel super overwhelmed because it's, you know, I'm, I mean, the, the most of the class are my elders. Mm. Uh, you know, some not by that much, some by a little more. Yeah. Uh, is, oh, is Rob in your class? Yeah, Rob's. I one, didn't yeah. realize he was. He's my oh, eldest. Okay. Um, the old man, <laughs> the old mule. I'm sorry, he was I don't there. know why that's even a joke to me. I, I just he I, saw Ben Hur in the theater. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> Just kidding. That's so uh, good. I just, thought you were there. I, I thought you were there for like the real event back. We in just like... alienated some of our listeners. I'm <laughs> oh, sorry. Um, but no, oh. it's uh, it's gone really well. But I just feel like you know, there's people that could teach the class way better than and, and more way more productive than I can. But uh, other than that, and feeling over, I just trust the Lord with that, and just trust that you know He's gonna use the material that He's taught me to help bless others. And yeah. so um, I think it went really well. I'm trying to keep it. Uh, to give like a biblical perspective and theology, but also give a lot of, you know, practical application of how yeah. we can, mm-hmm. how we can be productive in our life. And yeah. so that's yeah, been going really well. Thanks for asking. How about you, Rob? Uh, very good. We're doing uh, a class called Art of Parenting and it is a curriculum that Family Life puts out and it's outstanding. I mean, oh, it comes cool. with, basically comes with a video in a, in a book and we, uh, we open up and share and, and, uh, talk about the challenges and the uh, the joys of parenting. And there's all different ages represented, which I love that. In both of the circles, we had two kind of large group circles and um, every, everything's represented there. It's not like just just uh, just littles or, or toddlers or just teenagers. It's kind of everybody together, mm-hmm. which has uh, been fantastic. And at the actual... Uh, uh, curriculum is based on Psalm 127. Oh, that, awesome. that our, our kids are like arrows, and we're to, to shoot, uh, them shoot them out into the into the world. So, <laughs> so it doesn't. You don't go, want them to come back. It doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't. It's, it's not. It doesn't go quiverful. How many kids? We're not talking about how many kids you're going to have or yeah. any of that. We're we're talking about how each each child is a gift, and we're we're to treat it like an uh, like an arrow cool. um, sent out into the world to make a difference. That's cool. So, 
Yeah. Yeah. Some kids are like arrows that can hurt people, right? Like, That's right. That's right. <laughs> Talking about that too. My kid is a weapon. No, I'm just kidding. That's good. Well, awesome. Well, thank you so much for uh, for well, doing your yeah, It's good. It's good. I'm teaching uh, the doctrine of Christ. Last week we went through uh, touch on the deity of Christ, and then tomorrow night we're going to be doing the humanity of Christ. So exciting! It's it's one of those topics where kind of like what you're you were saying. It's overwhelming, not because. Not because you feel like you can't competently teach, because mm-hmm. honestly, for me, a lot of it is is taking bits and pieces from all of the resources that totally. I've read, different different systematic theologies, different really great books, resources. Mm-hmm. None of this is original to me, so it's just kind of putting in front of people the great things that sure. other people have said. Yeah. Uh, but the difficult part is deciding what it to include and what not mm-hmm. to include. That's the difficulty. Yeah. But it's exciting, it's fun, and uh, just thankful for the opportunity. and. Excited to to see what God does in both in me and in you know all of us really mm-hmm. for our church. So, um, well, thanks for teaching your classes, guys, and thanks for being here. And for you guys who are listening, if you're not in a class, if you didn't sign up or 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 you forgot about it or whatever, come on out anyways. Come and join yep. the class. Sit in. No, you're not going to get in trouble. No one's going to say, "Oh, did you register?" Come on out. It's going to be a good time. Uh, Wednesday night for the next uh, couple weeks here at the church for the summer. So anyways, well, thank you again for joining us, Aaron. Thank you for, for preaching mm-hmm. on Sunday thank and you. for serving yep. our church. My pleasure. Uh, Rob, thank you for being really cool. Uh, Absolutely. And thanks for not getting offended at any You are welcome. I, you are welcome. <laughs> tell at your expense. <laughs> <laughs> cool. <Well>. Anytime. <laughs> There's no charge for awesomeness. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, we will talk to you guys again and next week. See you later. Bye-bye.